As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to The Shorty. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. And Jerry's over there. So that makes this stuff you should know. Shorties. Welcome to The Shorty. I like that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to switch things up because these are a little different, you know? Sure. They're their own thing, Chuck. Yeah, we we decided that we needed a signal to people that this was different, and we decided against a three-minute long. <laughs> I suggested a series of blinks, but it, after a little while, we figured out that wasn't going to work. Well, I see you're wearing white, mm -hmm. and that's because it's not yet Labor Day, and then it's acceptable still. Is that still a thing? Oh, was it ever? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think that... Um, Gangs of angry uh, people would beat you senseless if they saw you wearing white after Labor Day. Gangs of angry boaters and country clubbers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Clutching their pearls? <laughs> We're talking Labor Day. Yeah, we are talking Labor Day. And a lot of people kind of look at Labor Day and say, that's a weird name for a day off to go have a picnic before we have to go back to school or something. Sure. And that is a pretty appropriate thought if you think about it because it really doesn't have anything to do with labor. Um, it's a day off, which is something, but it's not a day off for everybody. It just seems insensible until you start to know the origins of Labor Day. And then you say, oh, it came out of the labor unions, hence the name Labor Day. Let's get back to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as far as national holidays in the U.S. and Canada – it's been around since about 18, well, since exactly 1894. And it was, like you said, labor unions. They don't know exactly who started this tradition, but I think scholars generally say one of two people, both involved in labor unions, probably did so. Yeah, one was Peter McGuire and the other one was Matthew McGuire. The McGuire's. Two different, <laughs> two different spellings. But um, they, I, I saw somewhere that Matthew McGuire was much more radical and that um, Peter Maguire was much more um, centrist. He was the chill one. So he was the <laughs> one that gets, he got the official credit over time, but it may have actually really been Matthew Maguire. He was just overlooked because he was like, A jerk. Let's have, uh, let's have some labor party rallies and maybe we'll throw some bombs or something. Ah. Possibly. So Peter McGuire with a C, uh, he was the general secretary of the, and I love this, the Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess they mean joiner as a as a woodworking joiner. No, I think they mean like people who like to join clubs. Of oh, different, really? Different? No. Oh, okay. I'm sure, it's got to be right because it follows so. carpenters. But I mean, uh, yeah, I guess that's what that means. Nothing like a dovetail joint. Right. That's what it is. That really gets my blood flowing. But shouldn't it be jointers? I don't know. Yeah. I bet you someone will have some good information on this, like a joiner was a former name for Carpenter or something. Right. But, well, so McGuire, Peter McGuire's claim to fame, other claim to fame was um, that he co-founded the AFL. What? Yeah, the American Federation of Labor. Oh, I thought you meant the American Football League. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, who was that? Well, I don't know. 
Okay. So <laughs> the the whoever came up with the idea, it's murky. But we actually do know the first Labor Day. That was September 5th, 1882, and it took place in New York. And it was like a real deal Labor Day thing. Yeah, they had a parade. Yeah, and the whole the whole reason behind the first Labor Day parade was like at the time if you worked, you worked in a factory most likely and you worked anywhere between 12 and 10 to 12 to 14 hour days, seven days a week. Yeah. And so these labor unions were starting to organize, but they were, you know, they were pretty good at organizing people in their trade, but they weren't coming together to to really join their strengths. And so whoever's idea this was to have this first Labor Day parade, the, the basis of it was get all these different people from different unions together and so they can see that they have all this stuff in common and then maybe we can really become like a, a, um, a strong political force and we can agitate for like a five-day work week and eight-hour work days. And they were successful, but it came out of this first, this first parade that they had. Yeah, they were like, hey, we get off Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the 4th of July. How about one extra day off? Yeah, and, apparent, <laughs> uh, and for this first Labor Day and for other ones, too, they were like, well, no, you can't have the day off. So it was a general strike is, is how they took the day off. Yeah, so enter President Cleveland, Mr. Grover Cleveland, and uh, he has an interesting background because he was not a union supporter. Uh, but everyone thinks when he signed the law saying the, the first Monday in September shall be Labor Day. It's a great Cleveland. Nationwide. Well, I grew up a mustache or shaved the beard, especially for that, as you can tell. <laughs> Pretty good, Chuck. Uh, but most people think that even though he wasn't a union supporter, he was trying to uh, sort of put himself in a better light because of some political damage. Earlier that year, he sent federal troops in to put down a strike. And this was – I mean, I know we covered some of this in the unions, long mm-hmm. unions episode. But yeah. a lot of times these strikes became – you know, bloody battles and riots, and uh, a strike by the American Railway Union at the Pullman Company in Chicago did just that, and 34 workers died. So they think Cleveland was like, all right, uh, you can have a day off. I saw both things. I saw that Cleveland saw this as politically healing, you know, it was like, uh, like a bone he was tossing to the to the unions and to labor in general. I also saw that, that Congress had a bill um, – going in circulation years before this happened and that Cleveland just happened to be the president who was sitting at the time and so he was the one who signed it and really it wasn't any any political tool at all so i saw both but either way it did it did come on the heels of that for sure and that was a that was a big deal that strike i was looking into it chuck and there was like um like the whole thing started because some some workers from the Pullman company Pullman made railroad cars at the time, like yeah. really popular ones. Like, like the, the good Pullman, ones. the Pullman yard here in Atlanta. Right, right. So they went to the, to the head of the company, I think either George or Charles Pullman, and uh, said, hey, we, we want to we work fewer hours. We think we're working too much for too little pay. And he said, oh, that's great. I'll take that into consideration. And like in true Montgomery Burns fashion, he fired the people for even asking <laughs> and so that started this whole this whole strike that ended up, like you said, it was bloody. There were riots. They were overturning railroad cars. Overturning railroad cars. Do you know how hard that would be? I imagine there was rope involved. I would hope so. And horses. Well, yeah, or in The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Should we take a little quick break? 
Yeah, I'm a little worked up. All right, we're going to take a quickie, everybody, and we will come back and finish up about Labor Day right after this. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So what's Labor Day like around the world, Josh? It has other names in different parts of the world. Is that right? Yeah, and it takes place at different times like May Day, May 1st is known internationally as like the the day of workers. Basically what Labor Day was originally to America, um, May Day is to the rest of the world, especially Europe and China and some other places. And it's been definitely co-opted as a, a kind of a communist day too. Interesting. Yeah, which is another reason why we don't really tend to celebrate May Day. We celebrate Labor Day in a totally different part of the year. Nothing to do with communism. Yeah, and I actually looked up the origins of this whole white after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And our old buddies at Mental Floss and new buddies here at work, <laughs> right. Will and Mangesh. Yeah. I don't know if they wrote this one, but uh, apparently that came in the 1880s or so, post-Civil War, when uh, new money started happening. And apparently the old money people were like, geez, there's more rich people now than ever. And we can't distinguish between the rich folks. Mm-hmm. So I'm an old blue blood, and this guy just made his money and I don't know, whatever they were making back then that could make you rich. Um, radio, Chewing gum. Radio knobs. <laughs> radio knobs. Mm-hmm. He's got new money. So they felt the need, the, the old blue bloods, to 
design a bunch of silly like fashion rules and society rules uh, that I I don't know if only they would know about it. Yeah, just to entrap people. Maybe, but as a way to distinguish, you know, old money and true rich people from these vulgar new rich people. And apparently not wearing white outside of summer was just one of those rules. That was those were the very people who would beat you senseless if they caught you wearing white. That was the other part of it too, not just feeling foolish, but feeling vulnerable, t- tremendous pain <laughs> as well. Uh, but they do confirm that these days it's not a big deal. I think it's just kind of become more of a joke now when someone says you don't wear white after Labor Day. I see. You just laugh and laugh at the joke. <laughs> uh, but as far as unions go, the U.S. now obviously is. Uh, way down as far as union membership it, in the 1950s, and this is pretty remarkable if you ask me, about 40% of the workforce in America belonged to a union. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, they got things done back then too. Uh, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know. Uh, and now I believe, and I'm not sure when this was written, but it's probably roughly the same, but about 14%. I saw 11% in 2013. Oh, even lower. Which, I mean, would definitely go on to explain why Labor Day's really lost its meaning, too, you know? Well, now I think people know it as just that sort of last blast. Mm-hmm. Um, even though p- kids start school way early now, it used to be sort of around that time when you would head back to school and stuff. Yeah, I was thinking about that. It made me nostalgic for when I was in school, like seeing like, oh, yeah, Labor Day, right after that, you would go back to school. And now it's like, no, I've been in school for a full month now. Yeah, I mean, I remember having, like, all of June, July, and August off, mm-hmm. for sure. I know. And now these kids are back in school in August. It's weird. Chumps. But they do get a, a very quick break with Labor Day, at least. No, I know. They definitely have some pretty killer breaks that we didn't have, for sure. Yeah, they get all the breaks. Well, uh, that's it, huh? That's, a, that's one in the can. If you happen to be listening to this on Labor Day, pat yourself on the back because you just uh, created an SYSK trifecta. Have a gin and tonic on me. Oh, that's nice, Chuck. And (laughs) put on something white just to stick it in the eye of those blue bloods. Yeah. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our website, stuffyoushouldknow.com. It's got all of our social media links. You can also send us an email. Pay attention. You should address it directly to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.